Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Amy Lorbati here, and she is a woman's embodiment coach, founder of Witch Bitch Whore. She's building a fempire based on the three worst words that women are called. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, I'm so excited to be here talking to you. Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you too, because when I saw you on social media, I was like, wow, I've got to have you on the podcast because what you're doing is so important. So go into it. Okay, cool. Sure. Um, so I, as you said, I'm building a vampire called Witch Bitch Whore based on the three worst things that they can call women, because I believe that our greatest power is actually hidden under the energy of each of these words. So for, for me, and this is how I look at it, obviously everyone has their own opinion and can look at anything the way they want, but this is how I work with it. So which is really your spiritual and your energetic uh, power. And so this is your connection to source, you know, God, goddess, whatever it is that, that you work with, divine guidance, your connection to your intuition, inner knowing, to nature, right? It's, it's really working with the concept of conscious creation as magic. And then bitch, this is, I call bitch the backbone of the operation. This is your mental, your emotional, your physical power, how you stand in the world, you know, how you embody. And then whore, um, which is my favorite, is all about your sexual power. You know, the way that whether, and this is a really broad range, right? Because it could be anything from, you know, your authentic sexual expression, which is so repressed in most women. And because most women, many women, are so completely like numb in their bodies, shut down, they can barely even feel pleasure or good. So it sort of runs the spectrum of being able to be in pleasure, working with desire as a North Star, right? Like desire as your orienting factor as a woman, you know, or your sexual pleasure, your sexual exploration, your sexual energy, your... Um, your seductive powers. Mm. So that's, that's really how I work with it. Yes. And I love what you're doing because like we were talking before we started recording, lack of sexual pleasure, lack of orgasms is really a silent problem that so many women are dealing with. Even if they're having an orgasm, maybe it's just a clitoral orgasm that's just through maybe a vibrator, just with their hands, but not with their partner. There's all these issues. And so it's like, it's a silent problem that so many women deal with of wanting more pleasure, but not able to experience it. Yeah. And, you know, pleasure, pleasure in and of itself um, is, you know, just the concept of pleasure. You know, I was raised Catholic and, you know, there really is sort of that virgin and the whore um, dichotomy. And once you have fallen in with the whores, which I did very early on, then you, there is no redemption, right? So there's no redemption. Um, and then this religious conditioning, at least the way that I experienced it, that really made it so that even the concept of pleasure was wrong, bad, dirty, forbidden. Any woman that was in pleasure was a whore. And, you know, a good girl doesn't feel that way or doesn't have that experience. And it, it's really sad because 
I mean, to truly be in pleasure as a woman is to truly, I think, be alive. It's truly, it's like to be an ecstatic connection with all that is, you know, which is such a, an exciting place to be in. And it, it's so repressed in so many women. So yeah, it, it, you know, whether you can even have an orgasm or the level to which you can experience the orgasm in your body. Yeah, and it seems like this has been going on for so long that uh, some women I've talked to, it doesn't really, they're like, mm. they don't even care. Yeah, because they don't know. I know, you're right. They don't know, they don't know, they don't know, you know, and it's almost incomprehensible because, I mean, if I, if I think about my own experience, um, you know, I, it wasn't until my 40s um, where I actually started to really, I guess, come into my own with regard to sexual exploration. And I kind of had a spontaneous, um, I'd say Kundalini experience where I realized I could actually start running energy, you know, when I was with a partner and I could run it through them and they'd be like, what are you doing? Um, and it was really fascinating because I, I was like, what is this? And I really went on a path of exploration of that. And that was when I really started opening up to the possibility of having more of like the full body orgasms or the energy orgasms or, you know, the kind of transcendental sexual experiences where you're literally like with God, basically, you know? Um, and so that doesn't seem possible. It, I would never have dreamed that was possible because, you know, for the longest time I couldn't even have an orgasm with a man. It just wasn't even possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So go, let's go back then. How, cause I'm sure the people are listening are like, what? She went from energy orgasms in this orgasmic experience with God to not be able to have an orgasm with a guy. That was at the beginning. So how did that happen? Like, how did you reach the, a, a better place sexually? Okay, let me see if I can even remember how I did this. I, you know, it was really working with my body and dropping into my body. Um, I would say that most, probably most humans, definitely most women are existing kind of from the neck up, you know, their neck down dead. You know, being in our bodies as women doesn't feel safe many times, right? Um, and so we kind of exist outside of our bodies or up in our heads. And so really starting to do the physical work of being able to connect with my body and feel, whether that was feeling an emotion, feeling a sensation, you know, allowing myself the opportunity to open to an experience because it would, it, it's almost like there's a pleasure threshold and too much pleasure becomes like terrifying. It's like, oh no, I might die and I, I'll never come back. Um, so it, it really started with coming into my body and working with my emotions and being able to express emotions. I know it sounds, you know, interesting or strange that that might be connected to enhanced sexual experience but if you're not able to be physically present in your body and i think really working with the five senses um is a way to to start being in your body so how can you experience anything with all five senses so if you're drinking a cup of tea you know holding it feeling the heat of it smelling it the taste of it looking around you know what can you see you know are there any sensations it's you know it's 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 starting to resensitize 
your body. And, and I'd say it's really also reconnecting with your kind of primal nature, um, which also fits in with the archetypes that I work with, with, with witch and bitch and whore, because th those are really uh, the untamed aspects of women. So those are the suppressed parts. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're suppressing, I mean, we're suppressing ourselves and that's why I work with those words because we literally, no one even has to suppress us anymore. We're already doing it to ourselves and we do it to each mm -hmm. other, right? Through shaming. So, um, you know, so because of the conditioning that I had that it was not okay to experience pleasure, I would do almost everything that I could not to be present to it in my body. So it was really, you know, it's a practice, right? It's work that you have to continuously do in order to come back into yourself. At least that was for me. And it was like, kind of like little by little by little, it was almost like someone started turning the dimmer switch up and little by little by little, you know, the light started coming back on inside. Like, you know, when they talk about turn on, it really is. You're turning yourself back on. You're turning your light back on. And it, it, it takes a minute sometimes to get the light back on. Mm, I agree with you about that. And that's something I really had to do too, was work on feeling safe in my body to then feel the pleasure. So how did you work on the safety piece? That one for me, um, there's a few different ways that I work with safety and safety is such an important thing. I, I would say safety, feeling safe in the experience is, is probably the number one most important way pathway to pleasure is safety. So, you know, whether it was like, you know, touching, you know, just, just like, even you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm literally rubbing my arm right now, mm -hmm. just like touching my arm and saying, it's safe to feel it's safe to feel pleasure. Just talking to myself, you know, kind of doing self-soothing, you know, on my face, you know, or, or almost like you'd stroke a child's hair, you know, it is safe to feel pleasure. It is safe to feel, um, it's safe to be in my body, you know, and, and working with that energy. And there's other ways that you can do that. You can look around the room and look for all the ways that you're safe, you know, and, and if you're working with, you know, self-pleasuring, making sure that you're in a, in, in a, in an, a container, let's call it where you feel safe. If you need to lock the door, lock the door. If you need to be wrapped up in, in fuzzy blankets, then get wrapped up in fuzzy blankets. You know, if, if you need um, whatever you need, get it for yourself. And if you're with a partner, it's so important to feel safe with them because if you don't feel safe with them, right? And so building a level of safety and trust with anybody that you might be in an experience with so that, you know, you're building the safety within your own nervous system, but also that your choices of who you're partnering with are humans that you feel safe with because otherwise it's really difficult to explore any kind of expansion you know it's like safety's number one safety first they say safety first mm. yeah definitely because i think that a lot of it's almost like the safety piece hasn't even you know what i'm saying like people haven't even been talking about that until now i've noticed now especially in our industry people are like yeah no the safety piece and feeling safe in your body and in relationships is so important. So why have we forgotten about that? Is that just because we've never been taught to feel safe? You know, there's this amazing book, which you might've read, and I'm just going to recommend it. It's, um, it's called Come As You Are, and it's by a woman named Emily Nagowski. 
And it's a really great book for any woman that is interested in learning more about her sexuality. And she goes into a lot of detail explaining about this, <clears throat> that for women, context is very important. You know, like the, the situation that they're in and, you know, safety being a piece of this. And most, most of the way that female sexuality has been studied has been relating it to male sexuality. And our sexuality is very, very, very different from theirs. And so I think that one of the reasons that it doesn't get talked about is because it was almost like women's, and I think, I think, I think Emily Nagowski even actually describes it like this. It's like women's sexuality was men's sexuality light, right? So they were just saying like, okay, we're just like a less, maybe a less intense version of them. And so everything we were taught was based on male sexuality and not female sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why the, the safety piece got, the safety piece got missed a because of that and B because it really doesn't feel safe to be in a woman's body a lot of the time here on earth. And you know, whether you're just walking down the street at night, I mean, every woman knows this. If you're walking down the street at night and you're by yourself, you're holding your car keys, you're looking around, you're like, how fast can I get there? If I have to, you know, fend off an attacker, can I get in my car fast enough and lock it, right? You know, it's like, this is like, this is how we live. And I think a lot of men don't even understand that it's our experience. So, you know, we're already, you know, hyper vigilant for our safety. And then we come to a sexual experience where, um, you've got shame, you've got religious conditioning, you've got all of, you know, let's pretend you're not in your body. You've been taught, you know, from a, a religious conditioning standpoint that sex is bad, wrong, dirty, only for marriage. You're not in that container. Um, now, and you're with someone that you don't know that well, and all of a sudden you're just going to kind of shrink into yourself, you know? So it's, I, I do think it's like, I think people are just now understanding that this is a factor that, that hasn't been talked about and is critical. Like safety and sexuality are like, you have to have both. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I learned recently from a mastermind that I was in, they were talking about the nervous system and I've really been going deeper into that because it hit me. Oh, wow. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Working with your nervous system, I, and it's safety in your nervous system, right? And for each person, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be different. But anything, like, again, just doing any kind of expansion as a woman, whether it's becoming more visible, whether it's speaking up more, whether it's, um, you know, putting yourself out there in a public way, you know, saying, I'm a sex coach, right? It's, I'm, I'm technically not, but I'm just saying it as a, you know, it, it's like even standing there and saying that, that can be a real shock to the nervous system. So the work of expansion, whether it's sexual or otherwise, or empowerment requires you to really work with your nervous system to calm your emotions, to calm your mind. You know, the fight, flight, freeze thing takes on, you know, kind of a life of its own unless you're consciously working with your nervous system. Yeah, definitely. Wow, there's so many factors. Okay, so... For someone struggling their sexuality, what would you say for a piece on that in terms of just get more in your body, more self-pleasure? I would, I mean, it, it's such a, it's such a unique thing for each, each woman. I'd say generally speaking, the first one is start getting comfortable being in your body and working with safety. 
And, um, you know, there are different ways that you can work with, um, first of all, you don't even have to involve self-pleasuring at all, you know, at the beginning, if that's just not where you're at, it's really just dropping into the body. How can I be physically in my body? How can I, um, you know, really, um, allow myself just to feel good. I'd say the first step is like, you know, the spectrum of pleasure feelings, right? The beginning is just feel good. Just feel good. Like it's okay. It's safe to feel good. It's safe, you know, because I think a lot of us have the experience that if we allow ourselves to experience pleasure or, you know, be present, that it's going to be taken away from us somehow. And it's not safe to trust pleasure. It's not safe to trust feeling good. Um, and so just allowing yourself, how can I feel 5% more pleasure right now in whatever I'm doing? Mm, I love that. You know, so that you're, again, kind of the dimmer switch I was talking about. You're not like, you don't want to like just blast your system at the beginning. You want to just start to start slowly. Can, can I handle 5% more? Can I feel 5% more safety? Can I feel 5% more pleasure? Can I allow myself to feel 5% better? And if 5% is too much, do one, 1%. You can do 1%. Mm -hmm. And that all goes back to, I'm, I talk a lot about feminine energy. That talks a lot about allowing to yeah. feel better. Yeah. Yeah. The allowing piece is, um, to me, a really fascinating, uh, piece of of all of this stuff because yeah i i don't even know where to start with it it's like such an important thing um all right ask me another question okay so let's go into competition around women i wanted to get into this too in terms of this scarcity uh, you know, I would even refer, call it the sisterhood wound of women we are taught to compete against each other and not, you know, empower each other to be like, well, if she can have it, I can have that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, which I'm going to kind of tie into the allowing piece that we were just mm -hmm. talking about. And I was just like, oh my God, allowing so big. Um, you know, this, this concept of masculine versus feminine energy, which I think gets confusing sometimes for women because we live in such a um, hyper-masculinized world versus, you know, like how you're supposed to do work and how you're supposed to think and how you're supposed to do stuff. And the concept of allowing, like, when are you making something happen versus when are you allowing something to happen? And, you know, kind of leaning back, right? You have to do both. You have to take action and you also get to kind of lean back and allow and receive. And it's a cycle, right? The wheel of karma, dharma, you know, you've got to put in to, to, to get out. And it's fascinating because I've, and I, I, you know, I use myself as an experiment. I am the, the guinea pig, you know, for my, my work. And, you know, this, this idea of competition um, versus collaboration with women and, we've been really taught, trained, sort of forced into the experience of um, 
like this lack mentality that there's only room for so many women to have something and that in order for me to have it too, you have to fail, right? I've got to pull you, pull you down by your hair and take your seat. And, you know, we do it with regard to looks. We do it with regard to men. We do it with regard to, um, you know, whether it's work or success or, you know, seeing somebody um, be successful a lot of times as a woman, you know, we feel jealousy and, you know, we talk shit about her and, you know, there's like this, this almost like gleeful pleasure if something bad happens to her and that energy, um, you know, if you're talking about kind of feeding into the, the, the giving and receiving energy cycle, if you're always in a state of jealousy and competition, you know, then your energy isn't really allowing for you to look at the experience that, you know, the way I look at it is the way I look at it now is that if she's got it, it's evidence for me that I can have it too, rather than it's evidence that she has it. So I can't, it's like, she's got it, which means it's possible for me because she's doing it. And the other thing that we really forget, I think sometimes when we see somebody successful is we think it was overnight. And I'm pretty sure whether we're talking about like Beyonce or Lady Gaga or somebody that's really huge, you know, or anybody that's, that's, you know, created themselves into um, a star, let's say that didn't happen overnight. They worked for that. And, and what looks like it was easy. You're not looking at the years that this other woman spent, you know, working to free her voice so she could actually speak the way she's doing it so that she could stand in her power and not be terrified to say, Oh, hi, this is what I do for a living. And so when women work together, they're creating this, this almost like energy vortex, a pussy vortex, if mm. you will, where they're lifting each other up. And I think from a, like from a historical standpoint, women have been separated because when women come together in collaboration, there is no power like that. There is no power like that because women will, it's like, we're, we're so good at kind of matrixing, you know, with each other. If we're, if we're in that space of celebration and collaboration instead of competition, it's like, it's like this, this fire that just, you know, lights each woman up. And I think we're starting to see a shift in that, that women are starting to realize that this is the pathway to power as women. Mm. I love that because that's one thing too. Okay. So I remember when I couldn't have an orgasm and I remember my friend talking about her sexual experience in college and being so jealous. And so I think that now that I've had some experiences I've had and I'm able to and have multiple orgasms, it's so important for women to encourage each other in all areas of life. Because what you're saying is, yeah, I mean, we can all have what we want. All of us. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. We, we have been starved <laughs> in this world. We have been starved, you know, for abundance. We, we, most humans have been raised in a world that believes that only some can have and others will not, right? It, it's a world that believes in power over others mm -hmm. instead of power with others. 
right? And, and it's not just competition amongst women, it's competition amongst everyone. And only some people can have, and then the other people are the have nots. And there's enough in this world for all of us, right? There's enough opportunity, there's enough seats at the table. And, you know, so it's really shifting out of that um, mindset of whether it's, there's not enough good men, right? There's too many people doing this work. You know, there's too many other women doing the same work as me. So therefore I can never be successful. No, there is nobody like me. There is no competition. There is nobody like you. There's no competition for you. We literally don't have any competition. It's all made up. Yeah, and that scarcity thing is fucking huge for everything, too. I'm sure for the men listening, or maybe they felt with, uh, with women, too. It's like that whole scarcity belief has really affected every area of everybody's lives. Totally. And it's, it's almost like a, a self-perpetuating, um, you know, prophecy, right? Because if you're constantly believing there's not enough, you will constantly be looking for evidence that you don't have enough. Mm. Right? So if you... That's why the gratitude work is so powerful because when you start to look for what you are grateful for and, and when people, some people, when, when, like when I started doing gratitude work, I really was struggling to find anything to be grateful for because my mind had been so trained to look for what was wrong, what was the problem, what I didn't have. And so when you start doing gratitude work, you start to see what you do have and you know, when you're in the energy of gratitude, when you're in that vibration, the more that you see, the more you get. It's like, it's like, that's the secret. Like, that's what magic is. It's like, you're just changing your filter. And even if you are an experience where maybe some things are not quite right in your life, when you shift into more of a state of gratitude and abundance, and there's more than enough, or it's even possible for me because most people believe it's not possible for them. And this is not just conditioning of this lifetime. It is conditioning that goes back generations. When people talk about ancestral, you know, wounding and ancestral beliefs and ancestral healing at first, when I heard that, I go, what does that even mean? Um, what it means is that for centuries, for decades, for millennia, humans have thought a certain way and they've taught their children, their community. Everyone thinks that way. So most people think with scarcity mindset because we've been trained in this for centuries that there isn't enough that in order for me to have, I have to take from you, mm. you know? So it's, it's really, it's really shifting into a space of, I guess, gratitude is probably the first step for that, you know, and looking for what can I celebrate about my life? What can I celebrate about yours? You know, I always say, if you celebrate a bitch, she will celebrate you, you mm. know? Yeah. <laughs> because, because then that, that starts the cycle, right? It, it, it's like, if I support you, you're going to be really fired up. And, you know, if you're playing the game, you know, some people don't understand the game. Um, but, but, <laughs> we're teaching the game here, people. <laughs> teaching, this, is, this is how the game works. So I celebrate you, Haley, right? I'm like, you, you have a success and I celebrate it, right? I celebrate the fuck out of it. You celebrate it. And so then when you're in that vibration of celebration, you're attracting more of the same. When you're in the, when you're in the attitude of like, my life sucks, everything sucks. 
you know, everything is terrible, then you're just going to get more of that. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And I think that we, cause I've been in that place, man, I have totally been where you're talking about and now I'm not there. So I feel like for the people listening, if they're there, it is hard to get out of that though. Cause you're like, man, my relationships are going to poop right now. Maybe they're not earning the income they want. Maybe they're, um, cause I've, I've spoken to people where they haven't had sex in months or maybe even years in their relationship. And so it's, what would you say? Just start with maybe like, what are three things you're grateful for? Yeah. Like, or even if it's, if it's that hard, one, right? <laughs> yeah, one done thing. Just find one. Like you can even be like, I'm going to find one thing a day that I'm grateful for until it's not hard because sometimes we have been, we have been misusing our power of creation. Mm. We have been looking at like, how do you create more misery instead of how am I creating more of what I want? So if your brain has been trained to not believe that you are powerful or not believe that you can have what you want or not believe that certain things are not possible for you, then you're going to continue to have that, that mindset. So it's kind of like shifting the Titanic, right? It's going to be like when you first start moving it, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like creaking. Um, and then, you know, so at first it's more work. So start with one, start with two, start with three. I mean, you could even like at night when you're lying in bed, just think to yourself, what are three things I'm grateful for today? And it's really about deciding. There's like three steps to all of this. You decide you're going to do the thing. Then you have to remember you're doing the thing as many times as you have to remember you're doing the thing until you actually do the thing, right? Until you, you get it. Like I decide that I'm going to be a person that lives in a space of gratitude. Great. Five minutes later, I'm looking at all the stuff that sucks in my life. And then I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was like, I'm looking for gratitude, right? So then I have to, it's almost like you have to keep pulling yourself back into what you said you want. And this is the part where most people stop because they want it to be easy right away. It's not always easy right away. You just have to keep doing it. You know, it's like first you crawl, then you walk, then you run. Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay. So what would you want the final takeaway from our conversation to be for everybody listening? Gosh, we covered so many things. <laughs> yeah. Start with one thing. Start with one thing, right? Do you want to feel more pleasure in your body? Do you want to have more gratitude in your life? You know, whatever it is, pick the thing and then like start doing like one thing that's going to create that change. Because, you know, if you, if you think about like a new year's revolution, a new year's revolution, uh, a new year's resolution, you know, we're like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to not, I'm going to start eating all this perfect <laughs> stuff. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. Like, and then you're like, yeah, like God. yeah, I'm going to have 400 orgasms a day. And then the next thing you know, like two days later, fail. Start with one thing. And it's like making those tiny shifts, turning the dimmer switch on little by little by little until the light is on. So make the choice that you're going to do the one thing and then just keep doing it until it happens. And if you need support, ask for it. Hire someone, you know, find a group that's doing it have your friends, you know, support you in it. 
talk to God about it, you know, whatever it is that you do, um, wherever you get your support, if you need support, don't, I think the other thing is you don't always have to do it on your own. That's why you and I are in business. Mm, yes, definitely. Yeah, totally. Because I think that this work can be a lot. Like I've, I've worked with several mentors and coaches, so I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's different people for different times. You know, there's been different phases that I've been in where I've needed different support. And um, there's, I guess the other thing I would say to everyone is that the journey is the destination. Mm. You're not trying to get anywhere. You're just where you are right now. So everything you're doing is totally perfectly fine. You know, just because you haven't been able to have an orgasm the way that you want yet doesn't mean anything. You're just on your way there and you're going to get there and you have to just believe that you're going to get there. So I guess those would be my takeaways is just start doing it. Believe it's possible for you. Get support if you need it. And you know what? It's like riding a bike. When you first learned how to ride a bike, you fell off. You might've had training wheels. You might've hurt yourself. You might've been on the ground crying, you know, but you finally learned how to do it. And now you're riding a bike and it's like, I can't even remember. It was hard. Mm, I love that. Okay. So where can everybody find you? I am on Instagram and I'm witch bitch whore W I T C H not witch, uh, the other witch. So witch bitch whore. Um, and, uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, at Amy Lore body. And, um, my website is witch bitch Okay. Sounds fabulous. I will put your links below. Thank you so much for joining me. This is such an amazing conversation. I think people will get a lot of value from it. Y'all be sure to subscribe, like, share the podcast, and I hope you have a great night. Bye.